just gets there's like fuzz on your microphone, Patrice. There's fuzz on my microphone? Maybe, maybe it's mine. I'm just checking. <laughs> I like that you call it fuzz. Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> the Invino Fabulum podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Patrice. We're your co-hosts for the Invino Fabulum. That means in wine story. We think there are a number of tales to be shared about women and wine. This is a space to offer a narrative and chat about both. Welcome to our latest episode of Invino Fabulum. Today we're excited to chat with Elaine Rao to talk about the work she does with her own business, ladybossblogger.com. As a former national wedding sales manager, Elaine Rao lost her brother-in-law, her job, and her home all in one week, stuck in a third world country with no opportunities. She had to learn how to make an income online as soon as possible. So she spent her last bit of savings and invested in a blog domain, ladybossblogger.com. Since its conception, Lady Boss Blogger has garnered a massive audience of 100,000 in just 1.5 years. Impressive. It's a platform that helps female entrepreneurs learn how to start, grow, and scale their own online business and blogs. She's been featured on the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and over 100 plus other websites, magazines, and books. So welcome, Elaine, to the show. We're so happy to have you. Beyond the introduction you've offered us in your bio, Elaine, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do with LadyBossBlogger.com? Yeah, so LadyBossBlogger is a platform and a resource for female entrepreneurs to learn how to start, grow, and scale their own online businesses as well as blogs, specifically how to become full-time bloggers and um, stuff like that. But there's all sorts of different resources. I actually started it as a resource for myself because I couldn't find anything um, like that online um, at the time. I, I feel like even within a year and a half uh, that, that it's been started, it's the whole landscape has already changed change and there's already a lot more resources out there. But at the time when I started it, um, I didn't feel like there was a lot of resources. So I created the platform for myself. Cool. When was the time you started um, setting up your own blog about this topic? And yeah, tell us a little bit about its creation. Yeah. Um, so it was back in September, 2016. Um, so a little bit more than over a year and a half. Um, and uh, I started it actually um, at a really a uh, terrible time in my life. Um, uh, basically, I had moved overseas um, due to um, my husband's uh, uh, brother has, was murdered. And so I moved there to be with him um, and his family. And I just found out, I just wound up, you know, being jobless, having, um, you know, no uh, ability to I don't know, find a job and like, you know, just, just all these sorts of things. Uh, I mean, I was in a third world country where I didn't speak the language, didn't understand the culture um, and had zero self-confidence in myself to, to do anything, you know, remotely close to even becoming an entrepreneur. In fact, I didn't even really know what being an entrepreneur was or what that even meant. Um, but I was kind of like forced into this little situation where I had to figure out how to, uh, I don't know, how to survive. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> You know, Elaine, I know a lot of women, unfortunately, find themselves in that position where for any number of reasons they are unemployed or, you know, need to find a way to make money. And it is quite scary. And I'm just, you know, I'm wondering if you think back to that time and you mentioned how, you know, you didn't know what being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur meant and you lacked some of the confidence. When you think back, um, 
Can you tell us a little bit about how you overcame some of those fears and, you know, what it took for you to overcome some of those barriers? Yeah, well, I've always grown up knowing that knowledge is power. Um, Both my parents are professors. They actually met when they were getting their PhDs in Cornell. Um, And so they've always, you know, taught me that, you know, academia is number one. And like, you know, if you want to overcome anything, all you got to do is work harder, learn more, and you'll you'll be better. Um, And so that's kind of like what I grew up with. And so then when I was put in that situation, I just knew that I just need to learn. Because obviously, you know, um, you know, being in the wedding industry and then, you know, living in a third world country, like where those quote unquote skills that I garnered um, meant nothing. um, I knew all I had to do was learn a new skill. Um, and so everyone starts from zero, you know, all the time, you know, I started from zero when I got into the wedding industry. So I was like, well, what is this again to like start from zero? Um, you know, and I mean, I make it sound like super chill, but it wasn't obviously, (laughs) but, um, yeah, just basically, you know, learning a new skill and with, with online, you know, with, with Google, literally anything is possible. You can literally learn anything you want to. It's true. And I'm just thinking about the idea of starting from zero and many of us um, transform who we are, how we are, how we kind of are in this life. Can you share some of the skills, like the actual skills you picked up and maybe how you went about acquiring them to set up your, what's your current business? And we'll get into that. But like, what are some things you learned that you didn't have any idea what to do before? Um, well, I basically, I researched how to start a blog and I just kind of pieced it together, you know, according to, you know, what, I don't know, I thought sounded sound uh, and, and looked right or, you know, stuff that, you know, I was interested in learning more about. Um, but basically, yeah, I researched that and then I researched like, uh, is WordPress better or like what kind of platform is the best? You know, should I use GoDaddy or like what kind of hosting service? What even is hosting? And basically all the technical lingo and, and stuff that you have to kind of sift through when, when you're just starting um, and not knowing what to do. I, I know I just uh, I had bought my um, so, so basically I decided to go with GoDaddy and I bought my domain, which is like your website name for 12 bucks and 18 cents. I just recently looked that up and, uh, it was like a whole package deal where it came with, um, like my hosting and like an email that I actually never used uh, for a year, as well as, I don't know, something as well as the WordPress platform. Because what I learned was that you can actually have a website, but you don't actually have a blog with that website unless you get WordPress hosting. Interesting. So that was something that was, yeah, that was very interesting to me to start out with because I just assumed that like to start a blog that like, I don't know, you just buy a website, but that's not the case. You have, there's website where you get, you have to have a host and then there's a website that's attached to it. um, And then there is uh, WordPress, which is a platform that you build a blog on. So not every website is a blog, but every website can have a blog. If right. I explain that correctly. Yeah, so like chronicling <laughs> kind of like your journal of self. So it could be typically in reverse chronological order for anyone who's thinking about starting one. Um, it could detail personal, professional, other things. And the other kind of skill development I kind of want to ask you about was um, – What sort of things did you recognize wasn't available to support uh, female entrepreneurs out there? And what were some things that you sought out yourself or others go to you for, for support as a 
an entrepreneur, a woman in business online? Yeah, I think, well, for, for me, I definitely wanted to seek out women because at the time, um, my, my former boss and, and all the people I've ever worked for were men. And, um, it, it was just, you know, I mean, the situation I was found myself in was in a very verbally abusive environment in my corporate job that I left. So yes, it was an awesome job, but it was also a very, um, hostile environment. And I just wanted, honestly, at that point to have to do nothing with men. So that's why I started a platform for women because I wanted to know how women were in business. Cause he was in business, you know, in a quote unquote woman's industry. But, um, I wanted to know how women sought and, and just did business differently and just how, I mean, women, we, in general, we just look at the wor- world differently, you know? So I just wanted to know that from a female's perspective. And that's why I did it like that. Um, but sorry, what was your question? <laughs> so what were some of the issues you found that might be different, like taking a female perspective in, in the world of business? So some things you noticed that kind of were lacking for you, maybe um, from those who didn't support you in the past, what was lacking for you as a female entrepreneur coming in? Or what are some of the, kind, some of the questions that maybe your clients and colleagues kind of started asking you about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, women, I feel like in general are just less of a risk takers just because, I mean, so, you know, I mean, depending on what stage of life you are in, um, there's just, and regardless of what stage of life you're in, you're, I feel like women in general, we just um, are brought up to um, be more careful, you know, regardless of what situation it is. And so I feel like, it was hard for me, you know, when reading all this business advice and different things like that, you know, just, Oh, just take the leap. Oh, just da, 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 da. And I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I, I need to have some steps here, you know, like give, give me some guidelines of like how to quote unquote, take this leap. And, and I mean, granted I was in the situation where I kind of already took the leap, um, and, uh, had to figure it out, you know? So, but I feel like there's like some advice that's out there that is, um, I don't know that, 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 that it can't necessarily be, um, implemented in certain situations, um, that I basically had to just waddle and, and navigate through. And I feel like women in general, um, I mean, woman to woman, I, I love working with women because you never think that there's, there's never like the underlying, like what other intentions or stuff like that. What I mean by that is, especially in the online world, there's a lot of scammers. There's a lot of crazy stuff out there. I mean, on my Instagram, I literally get like, oh my God, so many emails, like uh, not emails, so many DMs, like nasty DMs from men all the time, you know? And, and when working with women solely, I know that like, I don't have to necessarily worry about that. And it's, it's more of a safe environment for me to just like actually be a business woman without being seen as something else. Like taking abuse or unwanted or unsolicited comments and things, things that are right. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically like business is business. Like you're not going to be like, I don't know that there's never going to be a question of like, what are your intentions here? Why are you reaching out to me? And like, you know, wanting to quote unquote do business. It's like, no, like let's, let's talk business. You know, that's it. Right. say There's a lot to unpack in there. And what, one of the things that I'm wondering, like the, your site has grown exponentially, right? Like really quickly over the last year and a half. And so it sounds like, you know, a large part of that would be you obviously have tapped into a space where there's a gap. 
But can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things you think that have resulted in it growing so quickly, both some mm-hmm. that are things that you've, you know, conscious, conscientiously made an effort to do, as well as maybe some that just have to do with need and demand? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I feel like I definitely went in at a time that it was that it was growing, like, I mean, just female entrepreneurship and like woman in business and like everyone's just trying to find resources. And I definitely tapped into that time, you know, where it was a very crucial time to be in there, um, as people were looking for that. So I think that definitely helped. But on top of that, I have been extremely conscious of being consistent. I mean, I didn't fail to post on my blog. I mean, we're talking 365 days. I posted on there every single day at the exact same time, at 6 p.m. Central, like every single day, you know, it didn't matter if like, I mean, I was out or like anything like that. Like I made sure that, um, people could get the content that they wanted at the exact time that I posted. And so I feel like that it's kind of like, you know, when you have a TV show, you know, and you go home and you're like, Oh, you know, you're ready to engage with the content, you know, on TV or whatever it is or Netflix. Um, and then all of a sudden, if that content isn't there, you're like, oh my gosh, you're freaking out and you'll probably jump shows, right? So for me, that was extremely important for me. And that came with a brand as well. You know, like I wanted to like be there for women always. Like we're, we're always like on our phones. We're always doing doing something, right? So there's not a single day where you're not engaged online. So I wanted to be there every single day to make sure that like I was seen as a resource and make sure that like if they were looking for me, I could be found. Yeah, you definitely um, display your values and you're very present online. I personally don't like the word brand. That's just me. But I think showing your values and making a reputation of what you're good at is a really good thing to do online. The other thing that you mentioned in thinking about women that got me thinking about um, how they how we do or don't taste risk, and I think it is to be how we're taught about womanhood. So I was listening to, um, it's called uh, Death, Sex, and Money podcast. They had an episode um, earlier this summer and called Manhood Now. And it was about um, questions and just asking men in general, how do they get taught how to be a man in the world today? And the one question that one of the men asked is, how do women talk about womanhood or how to grow up like a woman? And I said, I thought that was a really good question is, is that something that's discussed overtly or do we just say sometimes women face these issues with children or women face these sexist comments? Um, but do we really talk about how to raise our women um, to be whole and take risks and do other things? And I don't know what your thoughts are on how you were raised or brought up or how that may have influenced you a bit. Yeah. I mean, I think my my upbringing has been a little bit different in the sense of, like, I guess, the traditional sense. Like, my mom worked and my dad was at home, but he also worked. So my dad, I mean, with his PhD, he basically kind of gave that up to take care of the family. And he taught at our high school so that we could get our uh, tuition for free. And I grew up overseas, too, in Taiwan, Taichung. Um, but basically, um, he taught at our high school. He would, you know, he would basically uh, cook bring us to school, you know, teach at the school, uh, bring us back, cook, um, help us with our homework, and then, you know, do all that. And my mom, she just worked. Um, and that was what I saw as, like, what women do, you know, like, mm-hmm. is work. <laughs> um, and But it wasn't necessarily, like, to find a solution. I feel like for men it's, it's, they, they, they do what they do so that they can find a solution for problems. But for women, we, you know, so then I saw like, you know, you just work hard as a woman. It sounds like he supported 
like your mother's role in her own kind of career and helps that thrive. And that's actually a pretty positive role model. It sounds like. Oh yeah. Super positive. I mean, I'm, I mean, my, I'm total daddy's girl. <laughs> like, um, he's, I mean, everything, you know, that like I have to, you know, talk to or like emotion wise, like everything, like I go to him first. Um, but I feel like seeing my mother as such a hardworking woman, um, I knew that like, that's what I had to be too, you know, in order to be successful or in order to, you know, to, 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 I guess, be a woman, you know, is, is, is to work hard. Yeah. I think, uh, it's interesting. You, you know, you talk about men working to find a solution. I think that many times, uh, for women too, it's about passion, you know, and, mm-hmm. and clearly, you know, you sound very passionate about what you're doing and that I think it sounds like you got a lot of support from your, um, both your parents. And, but I was wondering if we could uh, shift gears just a little bit and talk about um, your favorite wine. Yeah, actually, um, I'm a cider girl. Nice. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've tried all different kinds of ciders. There was, oh my gosh, there was one that, you know what, I didn't never got the name of, but it's the absolute best cider I've ever had. It was in Seattle. Um, and at that point I was too drunk to know what I was drinking, but it was the best <laughs> cider I'd ever had. But on the normal day basis, I definitely, um, I'm an angry orchard, like crisp apple girl. Was it the Seattle cider company cider you're drinking? The uh, local one? It, it was like in that, um, uh, I don't know, the, it's like a little downtown area where, you know, you sell fresh flowers and different mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think it is. So I'll put a link to it in our show notes because I, I like that cider as well. So excellent. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. It was my first time in Seattle. So I, a lot of the things I don't exactly know where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Are you, are you in Seattle now? No, I'm in Chicago. Okay. Nice. Um, so in thinking about um, the other part of our show is around story. Are there any sorts of um, stories or books that resonate with you, whether it's something you've read lately, a news article to a favorite book or poem that you like um, that kind of inspires you or gives you gives you some uh, love for, and for the work that you do today? Yeah, I absolutely love this book called Five Day Weekend. Um, I read it from time to time, off and on. It's I, I glean something new from it every single. I'm actually writing a post about it now too. You know, just like all the amazing quotes that I pull. But like, um, I mean, just the other day I was reading. It said like, in the security mindset, you have neither freedom nor security. And I was like, oh my gosh! Like he just puts the words so eloquently on the page. I feel like. I feel like it's the whole book is a poem, you know, uh, just like everything. And, and another quote was like, don't be a passive librarian of the mind where you can acquire knowledge without acting on it. I feel like he, he, he turns phrases and quotes that we normally see, you know, in everyday, you know, I guess Instagram or whatever into something that's so profound and, and something that you can resonate on a deeper level. Cause I feel like, a lot of times we, yeah, we do, you know, we acquire so much knowledge, but like, what, like, what are you going to do with the knowledge? That is what ultimately, you know, decides, um, your career path and your, you know, whatever is, you know, or even just you as a human being is what do you do with that knowledge? I like that. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. 
Are there any, I mean, you mentioned that book. Are there any other resources, uh, you know, books, podcasts, whatever the case may be, that you might recommend to women who are thinking about starting up their own blog or even just thinking about, you know, becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, I love the podcast by Darren. Um, he's the founder of Pro Blogger. Um, I, every single one of his podcasts, I listen to it, you know, I'm, I'm getting into the habit of literally like, you know, if I'm in the car, I just pop my earphones in and I just turn on his podcast and I just listen, you know, from, and you can just, you know, like as you go, you know, I'm about to head to the gym and right after this, you know, I'm going to pop them in and like, you know, listen, um, so that I can have, you know, just fresh new ideas for my blog all the time. It's his, his podcast is really incredible. Cool. Um, and is there any sort of advice that you always kind of, give, whether it's your signature advice or something you answer a question for women um, who are getting started in the online business world? Yeah. uh, I always say, if you don't find a way to make money in your sleep, you will work until you die. (laughs) Because I've discovered that like, I, I mean, with the online world, you can literally, there's so much like disposal, I guess, monetary disposal at your, at your, uh, at your will, you know, if you learn how to grasp it. And if you want to learn how to make passive money, quote unquote, which is not exactly passive because you have to put in the work before it, but you can, once you put the systems in place, um, money can work for you, uh, is definitely learning about affiliate marketing. That is the number one thing that I would recommend if you don't know how to do or whatever it is like that, um, definitely learn. You know, I feel like that's how, um, you know, with, uh, like, like for example, um, you can do it for like, if, if you have Instagram, right. And you're talking about a product, this is like an everyday product that you're using, right. Let's just say you love your hair straightener that you use every single day and it's con air. Um, if you become affiliate for that product through, you know, their, their company or through a third site party company or whatever it is, and you learn about how to do that, then you talking about that product, you showcasing it on your Instagram, you linking it in your Instagram profile to that product and you making a commission from it, that's like the first, you know, that's like the gateway into affiliate marketing. Then when you, you know, get your own blog and then you start talking about your blog and your blog gets shared 15,000 times, you're making that, that almost in a sense passively because you created one piece of content and people are advertising and sharing that piece of content for you and you're just getting reoccurring commissions. And then the second step on top of that is when you start not talking about just products, you talk about services. Like for example, I use ConvertKit, which is an email marketing service. Um, so then, you know, in, in a blog post, I might just insert, I, you know, like uh, perhaps I'm talking about whatever it is I'm talking about. Right. And then I talk about, Hey, you know, check out ConvertKit. This is what I use. People check it out. They sign up. Then every single month that they pay their, um, uh, their, their, their service, their, this for this email marketing service, I get a commission from that. So this is a, this is a crazy, crazy cool way where you can tap into, uh, which can generally legitimately make you uh, passive income. Cool. Or is there anything down the road for you that you're working on or that's percolating for your own business and what you're going to do in the future? Yeah, I am currently working on a blog course, uh, which I know that there's like a ton of them out there, but um, I just 
I mean, everyone has their own niche and everyone has their own, um, you know, way of seeing things. And I just keep on getting the same questions. You know, I feel like when you get to a point where like people just keep on asking the same questions in different ways and different forms and, you know, across all your channels, I'm just like, all right, (laughs) I need to do something about this. I need to create one place where I can answer all of their questions. Um, and majority, they always ask me, you know, about blogging questions. Right. So, um, it's going to be a course on how to start your blog and how to build it to make money. Excellent. And we'll link to your blog, which is your website and all the socials that you share so people can stay in touch and find out more as that develops. Okay. That's awesome. Thanks guys. Is there um, anything else that we did not chat about today you'd like to share before we sign off? Yeah, um, I actually have a free 22-page ebook if you're interested in learning how to become an Instagram influencer. I know it's like the huge craze right now. Um, you can check it out at bit.ly, which is B-I-T dot L-Y slash Instagram influence. And you can download that and check it out. Sweet. We'll put those in the show notes for all our listeners. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Elaine. We really appreciate you taking time in your schedule and having a quick chat with us on the InVino Fab podcast. So we hope to hear more about your course down the road and we'll link to all the great stuff you've mentioned and resources, plus especially your website and where you're at. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate your time. Thanks again. We appreciate you. Take care. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. This podcast wants to continue the conversation with women about stories and wine. So we'd love to hear from you. Tell us what voices, ideas, questions, and random wine facts you hope we'll chat about in a future podcast episode. Find us on Twitter at 3WEDU or on the hashtag InVinoFab. And we'll always welcome love or messages by email at InVinoFabulum at gmail.com. To stay tuned for the next podcast episode, please subscribe to the In Vino Fab podcast via Apple Podcasts, that's iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Remember, in wine, there is a story. In Vino Fabulum. Cheers.